What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Long Game Podcast hosted by Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore. In each episode, you'll hear us break down financial topics that are relevant to the lives of millennials and other young professionals. Our goal is to help bring credible financial information to you in short, bite-sized episodes. Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore are the co-founders and financial planners at All Street Wealth. All opinions expressed by Thomas and Trayton are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of All Street Wealth. This podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered advice. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisors you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. All right, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crossroads, and also welcome to the listeners of The Long Game. Um, today, we are back talking about house hacking. So um, I think this is like something that's become popular, I would say, over the last number of years. Like, I've actually been surprised of how many of my clients have talked about wanting to do this and trade, and you've maybe you're even the first one that's been like, this is what I really want to do. And as I've kind of explored Indianapolis, there's so many duplexes and triplexes that like, I'm starting to realize that this is a, a really common thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, cause I had heard about it a few years ago. I don't know. It was probably from something from bigger pockets. Um, but it always just kind of sounded like something that wasn't really real. It's like, oh, you can live for free. You can do this. I'm like, there's got to be some sort of catch. Like, and I mean, there is like little stipulations, like you might have to live in the place for a year to qualify for the good down payment. Um, but like, it truly is just like a, a money strategy, honestly. Like if, if you can find a good place and qualify for a loan and just buy good real estate. Like it's, it's truly like a good wealth building strategy for sure. Yeah. I think like we kind of preach all the time, like that primary home is not this amazing investment. Like sometimes it can be, obviously if you bought a house in Austin a year or two ago, or some of these really popping cities, your house can end up being an investment, but generally you don't have this huge return on investment. And so we don't try to push people go to go from rent to buying because it's this huge, great financial decision. It, it is better, I will say that, but we don't necessarily need to rush into it. But what house hacking does is it kind of gives you the, okay, I can own a home. I can also build equity quicker. It's also basically a rental property that I get to live in. And for me and a lot of other people, like the headaches of having a rental property sound like a lot, but I think at least if it's like the house that you're kind of in, it makes it a little bit easier if somebody calls that you just have to walk on over to the other side. Um, And so I think it can kind of relieve some of the headaches. I think the other side of it, and I guess to kind of explain is house hacking is more than just, I have a duplex, I have one side, you have the other side. Like I know of people that um, have like a garage that they turn into an Airbnb. I, I actually had a client that I worked with that they lived in downtown Indy. They had this back little storage area that they turned into a place that they were renting for $1,600 a month. And their mortgage was like $1,800. And it was just a little, they turned it into a one bedroom apartment. I even know other people who they'll do the opposite. They'll buy a house. They'll have a storage unit behind. They'll live in the storage unit mm. or like smaller place because they're single rent out the whole house and they'll be making money per month to just live there. And so I think when you think of the idea of that, it's, it's, it's pretty attractive because it's like, I basically get to live for free. And these other people are also building the equity. It's not even just, Hey, I'm like an apartment for free. It's they're basically building the equity for you in a house and you're paying nothing. Even if you're not profiting off of it, that's, that's a win in my book. 
Yeah, because then at the end of the mortgage, like you should have a fully paid off asset that's in your name that someone else funded for you. Like it almost, and it's still just almost like doesn't even feel like it could be real, like the way you say it like that. But um, like for my situation, like I, um, like when I started the business in 2020, like money was tight at that time. And I was like looking through my personal expenses all the time. And just like every month, I'm like, if I could just get rid of this stupid housing payment, like things would be so much easier. Like that was, I mean, at the time it was like probably 75% of my budget just because all the other expenses were so low. Um, and I remember just like Googling, like, how, how do I get rid of my housing payment? I was like, should I like work for the apartment or something and just like get free housing or just, I was just curious what the options were and then kind of like re-stumbled across house hacking. I was like, okay, let me dive into this a little bit more. And, um, if anyone wants to learn a lot about house hacking, like go listen to the bigger pockets podcast. Like they've been recording podcasts and videos about this specific stuff for like the past 10 years like that is the best place to start for sure um but yeah i mean i was just thinking like how do i get rid of my housing payment because i wanted to free it up so i could travel and just like invest more in the business and do things like that and it almost seemed counterintuitive at the time it's like you always kind of hear like a house ties you down but if it's done right and you kind of know your reasoning behind it and you wanted to house hack, like buying the house almost gives you the most freedom possible. If, if you can find like that second or third renter, just depending how big you get and really just remove that housing payment. And then that frees up cash flow for whatever you want it to be, because most people like housing is definitely their biggest expense in their budget and getting rid of that, you could, travel you could do whatever you could invest more you could i mean the options are really endless once you have more cash flow and if you're in a cool city like if you're kind of doing what you're talking about where you have the duplex or triplex and you want to travel you could also then airbnb your side when you leave so you're kind of like hey i'm ready breaking even now i can use the money i'm going to use the airbnb to help pay for wherever i'm going to go so this is definitely a way to be able to hack a lot of your life and i actually agree like for me I've kind of thought about, you know, I definitely want to keep my housing payment low. I mean, if you look, my place is actually really nice and it's 50, almost 50% of my monthly expenses go to living here. And it's something to me that's worth it. It's still only 25% of my income that I'm using per month. So, you know, that, that number is okay, but I'm with you, like paying for my housing as a single person living by myself in a nice apartment ends up becoming a lot of, of what you do where, figuring out a way to get rid of that payment. Like to me, if, if I got rid of this payment somehow, I would be able to invest 75% of my income per month and still do, like I still do everything that I want to do, mm-hmm. but I just don't overspend on things that I don't care about. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I'm kind of hoping like, cause my plan is to hopefully buy it next year. Cause then I'll have like two decent years of 1099 income and I mean, one thing we didn't really hit on, like with house hacking, the nice thing, because with most investment properties, like if you're just trying to go out and buy something, get cash flow, whatever, you're most likely going to have to put at least 20% down on it. But if you house hack because you're living in the property that you're buying and renting it out, or yeah, I guess renting it out 
to someone else, you don't have to put 20% down because you're living there. So you can get all the way, you probably could get down to 0% like some situations, but normally it could be like three and a half, five percent And on a hundred thousand dollar house, like depending on what market you're in, like that could only be a few thousand dollars down and you're getting this asset that you can then kind of leverage. Um, so like for me, like once I, get the first property and live there for a year. My plan right now, at least is to then maybe do it again, or maybe I'll have different cash flow at that time. Like I could buy something else, but just keeping that very original first property, then bringing another renter into it. And then that thing should be like way cash flow positive because the first renter, when I was living there should cover about the mortgage, bring in a second one, then that's basically doubling your mortgage payment. So your positive cash flow, and then you're just kind of build slowly building your real estate portfolio over time. And you should over time have just positive cash flow coming from your real estate investments. And then you have everything else that you're investing in at the same time, whether it be IRAs, 401ks, whatever else. Yeah, I think I've like, I've heard a bunch of stories of people where they kind of start like that, you know, you have the one duplex, triplex, they live in it, they try to generate as much cash flow as they can. And, you know, then you use some of that to go to the next property, and then you go to the next property, and all of a sudden they have 10 different places like this that are generating $10,000 a month in reoccurring revenue. You know, you start to build that more, you can actually hire a property manager to make it more passive for you. I mean, to be able to do that, honestly sounds really good and would actually just be really cool, especially if you're interested in that. And then especially like for people that are handy, if you were able to like do some of the projects on your own, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you can really set yourself up well by doing that. I think the interesting thing to think about is when you do regular rental properties, the goal is cash flow. So most of the time you're going to take the 30 year mortgage because you want to free up as much cash flow as you can. Um, I wonder if for some people this changes when house hacking I, in my mind, I feel like 30-year mortgage would still make sense to keep that cost low, give you the flexibility to pay more, but also then it ends up making your cost probably closer to zero. Because if you get that mortgage up to 15 or 20 years, you might not be able to get the rental payment where, so where you're still paying something. And mm. then you use that freed up cash flow to invest, which you know we always talk about invest or pay off debt. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And I mean especially with uh interest rates where they are right now like i would definitely go 30 year like if the numbers made sense it it just because i i had kind of like dove into the numbers a little bit and ramping down or going down to the 15 year was way tighter on like the potential positive cash flow side so it's like and i know i think we did like a whole episode kind of on like the 15 versus 30 and especially when you're playing the cash flow game like you just you got to do what you got to do on that side for sure I I guess I mean obviously like everything else it comes down to your goals because if your goal was hey I'm going to live in here and I'm just basically going to try to live for free for a really long time then you probably do the 30 or have them try to cover that cost but if your goal is also like Hey, I'm going to live here for like a couple of years before I'm going to get married and have kids. I'm going to turn it into another rental property. I hmm. guess that could maybe change it because then you could say, Hey, I, I'm not going to try to do a ton of these, but if I can get this paid off really quickly and I'm going to have a second renter that eventually will definitely more than cover what that 15 year mortgage is, you could do that. But if you're going to try to accumulate a lot of properties, obviously 
generating the cash flow is what becomes really important. So you can accumulate enough money for future down payments. Because as you said, if you're not going to go live at that next one and be have that be your primary residence, now this is a rental property, you are going to have to have more cash to put down. Yeah, exactly. And I just think, which I plan on kind of documenting the whole process of going to look at properties, like going through kind of the application process, the pre-approval, like moving into like doing renovations if I have to, like, I, I'm just like super interested in real estate as a whole. And I think it's not really talked about too much in like a personal finance setting. It almost feels like it's kind of reserved for accredited investors in a way. And like, there's definitely some real estate that is, but with things like house hacking and just like little strategies and stuff like real estate can be a place for a lot of people to invest, like not investment advice, but like things like REITs and just other things like there's fundraise. What was that? I was going to say there's like exactly fundraise. There's other crowdfunding places where you can buy a set, you know, basically shares of Mm -hmm. investment type property. Yeah. And it's like, in in an overall investment strategy, like you want to go for diversification and real estate can definitely provide that for sure. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think, I mean, to me, it makes a lot of sense. I think at the end of the day, like you really want to start to think about, you know, does this sound like something you want to do? Like, you know, in theory it is good, but if like you're somebody that's going to hate having, you know, renters call or you know, something to be fixed up, like maybe it isn't the best thing for you. I know a lot of people who hate that and then did it. And now they like, they're like, all they wanted to do is get rid of that property. Um, and I guess a good last way to end it is maybe some of the downsides of this. I think it's only fair because we made it sound really good. It is really good. <laughs> but I think some of the downsides, one is that you're going to have people that you don't know living, you know, in the same area as you. So like, I guess that's not very different than an apartment. Like you, you could have people near you that could be dangerous or, you know, whatever other bad things. So that's one. Um, you might not be cash flow positive, but then it's like you're still probably paying less than whatever you were renting elsewhere. Like I've, I, I've really tried to like think through a lot of the downsides and like. I think the I've downside been- comes down to like dealing with the renter themselves. So like my sister, they rush into buying a house right after she graduated college ended up deciding to move like two years later, housing market wasn't great. So they weren't able to really sell the house for any good offers. So they brought in a renter, the renter didn't pay, like just decided not to pay. And so like for three, four months go by, they come in, they never let them in. And you can't just walk into the house of the person that you're renting. So then it's, well, what do you really do? And are you going to go pay a lawyer that's going to cost more than the rent that you're missing? So I think most of the headaches come down to like, you know, you still have to go and approve. Um, you still have to basically go and approve all of the renters. You have to like make sure that they have the right information. Yeah, you have to collect payments. Like it isn't truly passive, which I feel like is really the downsides. But if that's something that you want to do, there are a lot of great upsides to it. Yeah. And I guess one downside could kind of happen while you're planning for it. Cause like if, if you're planning to have like $500 positive cash flow or something, and that's going into all your projections, like you're adjusting your personal expenses for this extra 500. And then 
maybe you don't get a renter as soon as you move in. And then that just throws off everything because you had planned for this $500 positive if you had a renter, but it's like, that is definitely not guaranteed. So especially when you're planning for it, like you have to run through a lot of different scenarios, like best case, worst case, like what should kind of happen. And then all the risks off that. And you have to renew too. Like people might end up like you might lose there after a year, somebody leaves and then you could have filling times where, Hey, I don't have somebody for a few months. And that's obviously something to plan for. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously that's house hacking, something that, you know, Trayton's obviously really interested in probably going to do. Hopefully he comes up to Indy and does it here. Um, But, you know, obviously something for you guys to think about as it could be a really cool financial opportunity. So thanks again for coming to listen, guys. This was, you know, we just love producing this content, creating all these episodes and we'll be back next week with Carl Richards. So be on the lookout for that one.